crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. David, you can talk during this version. Oh, it's an overlay. Yeah. Would have been nice to know that 30 seconds ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm trying to up the scale, up the ante here on the video version, so they don't have to sit through like just a little static title card. Welcome, everyone. Bingers. It's Johnny Spoiler here with Jordan Savage. We'll drop a Savage review, even if she hasn't seen the movie. (laughs) And David, who brings the dangerous facts, because he's that dangerous. He's got an encyclopedia of movie knowledge. It's Binge Watchers Podcast. Hopefully you're tuning in for a hell-raising good time. We're about to review Hellraiser 2022 and Werewolf by Night. So stay tuned or drop in whatever is going on. Listen to it for more than 45 seconds. I promise it'll be a good time. That's what it says on a condom package, I think. I just I stole that from Trojan, folks. <laughs> Sponsored tonight by Trojan Condoms. That's about good times. I should reach out to a condom company. That'd be a good sponsor. Do you think like podcasters want to be safe? Yeah, they want to. Podcasters and podcast listeners want to be safe out there, right? Same Binge sex, baby. Yeah. Well, that's right. Netflix and chill. Classic. They should put that on a... That's probably already on a condom wrapper. It's definitely on a bumper sticker. Uh Oh, okay. So what do you think would entice you to get caught by a Cenobite was a question. I, I wrote down we were going to raise hell, but I didn't really write down like an opening question. But then I thought later, oh, I should ask Jordan and Dave, like, what would it take for them to be tricked by a Cenobite? Or like, what would be the lore you in kind of situation like? Are you going to solve a puzzle box? Like, you're the kind of person that gets curious and will solve a puzzle. Or, oh, insider tip. Like, if you find a puzzle box randomly, I guess you got to make this conscious choice. Do you solve, try to solve the puzzle? Or with the risk of being dragged into hell by a group of demons called the Cenobites, who are run by a dude who has pins in his head. Pinhead. They're pretty descriptive, the names of these demons. Uh, Dave is going to give you a whole bunch of history. No pressure, Dave, to tell everybody about the Hellraiser movies. But um, I'm pretty curious to find out. Like, so, so David, mm. are you going to try to solve this puzzle box because you're just curious and you do escape rooms and you're like, oh, look at this little toy. This is like a grown-up like puzzle. I should solve this thing. I guess it depends on what do I stand to gain. Like, <laughs> I have I a hell of a lot to box? lose. Yeah. Mm. So you're not curious enough to just play with it like as a toy and be like, oh shit, now there's demons. I totally would. I mean, with knowing knowing what I know, no, no, I'm not gonna touch. Oh, it. Okay, but David, in this scenario, the Hellraiser movies don't exist, but the puzzle box is real and the Cenobites are real. Like they're just walking around in our reality. That's how it is. Yeah, I still, I'm not gonna play with the box if that's the. <laughs> I would totally play with the box. Oh, totally damn. Play Jordan's with the box. opening the box. I'm you, totally trying to solve the puzzle just because I are, cannot help myself. Are you good enough at puzzles to solve the final configuration and go full Cenobite yourself? Or do you just think you're a victim? I probably think I'm a victim. I don't think I would be like yeah. particularly great at solving this like yeah. final rendition mm. of the puzzle. But I love puzzles. I'm doing a thousand piece puzzle right now. Mm. So I'm a puzzler. So Dang. Would you play I just said it was the context of reality, so I guess I can't say I'd be a final girl because we're no longer playing if you're stuck in a Hellraiser movie. I kind of said if it was real. 
You did say um, that. I don't really do puzzles in real life. Like, I don't think I have the patience for it. I mean, I'm a smart dude, kind of, but I'm very elementary in other fashions. And, like, I will get super frustrated. I don't think I'd be good at doing, like, the escape rooms at the mall or, like, with a group of friends. I just think over time I just get bored. So, I mean, maybe just, like, if I had it, it would just sit on, sit on a shelf and, like, everybody's safe. Or, like... If it was the escape room style, I think I would accidentally break it in frustration and be like, okay, I'm just smashing a whole Hulk smash right through the wall. I'm not playing this game. I'm done. I, I lost patience for it. You know, like, so I think then I accidentally I would just unleash hell on earth for everybody. Everybody just gets destroyed because I'm just like, I'm done playing. I'm tired. Unless we're bowling, I'll, I'll bowl 10, 10, 10 freaking frames. <laughs> but that's not a puzzle. That's. Let's just send the ball down the lane. Knocks things over. Bowling stove too. Love that. <laughs> That's how they get me. The Cinnabites, like I'm in a bowling alley. That's how they get me. That's how they get me, man. Tenth frame. Damn it. And then I'd be like a bowling Cinnabite. They haven't done that yet. They have, should have a bowling Cinnabite. Why not? Anyway, where are we? Okay, let's. Dif- different what? kind of pinhead, I guess, huh? Oh. oh, see how quick she is. She must have had bang energy. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? Nothing. What the hell? All Raw right. dog I'm in the alone. podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um, home video headlines. Uh, Marvel's making a new Blade movie, but the Blade director already quit. And uh, rumors are that the star, Marshala Ali, is unhappy with the production and the script. There's supposed to be only two action like set pieces in the whole movie, two major action sequences, which is like they had to live up to the reputation of the Wesley Snipe blades. First two are great. Third one falls apart. There's like a notorious fallout between the original director of blade and Wesley Snipes when they bring in Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel for the third one and kind of like write blade out of the story. But it sounds like the new blades having like similar, similar issues. And like, that's really devastating because I love the blade movies. You know what I mean? Like, so I heard this and I was like, damn, man, like Marvel, they're really sucking lately. With the exception of we're going to talk about something tonight that I'm, spoiler alert, happy about. So we'll get to that. Um, have you seen any of the Blades, Jordan? Yeah, it was one of my um, my shame screenings not that long ago. During, oh, yeah. Man, like, I must have skipped early. my memory because I was sitting here gripping the edge of my chair going, I hope she's seen one of the Blades. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen. I don't think I had seen. I can't recall if I saw number two. I definitely have not seen number three, but I saw the original probably late spring or early summer of this year. Yeah. Yep. Um, another evil doll movie is coming. Moving? Movie. I put the words coming and movie together into one word. Sorry, folks. An <laughs> uh, evil doll movie. There's this movie called Magic. I don't know if it's actually about magic. I've never... I've never... This is a movie I haven't seen because I have no interest in it. It's Anthony... Uh, Hopkins and like the dummy looks evil kind of like the goosebumps dummy Hmm. Uh, and so I've actually seen it (laughs) oh you've seen it okay well Sam Raimi's remaking it he's a good horror movie director if you've ever seen Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness uh, Drag Me to Hell what else has he done the Spider-Man movies at least the original three and then he just did uh, well a few Uh, weeks ago so not Mountain of Man uh Doctor we were talking Strange about Doctor Strange the other day, yeah. Um, um, so would we need another Evil Doll movie? I mean, like, I think kind of Evil Dolls are kind of played out this one because it's being made by um, 
Sam Raimi, I'm all for it. Sam Raimi, another horror movie. So uh, just that alone, I'm going to say yes. Mm. Um, if if it was anybody else, I'd agree with you. Like, all right, we've done enough evil dolls, but like eh, Sam Raimi, all right, I'm I'm on board. Uh, <laughs> this this is ridiculous news. They're making an animal too. It's probably going to be on Tubi <sighs> with Rob Schneider, of course. I mean, he's in the original Animal. And then, like, his co-star is, like, a contestant from, like, either America's Got Talent or the original singing competition. What was that one called? American Idol? It's, like, the winner of Idol Season 2 or something. Two or three. I think... I don't even oh, remember, the, oh, I don't even it, remember her name. But she's it was like, uh, somebody from, like, the first season of Survivor, I think. Oh, was it Survivor? Anyway, yeah, yeah. it was, like, a reality show winner. Uh, this is more up Jordan's alley. You should go watch the animal, Jordan. <laughs> you like no, reality no, stars. <laughs> like, oh, look at her. She's all offended. Uh, folks, if you're just listening, uh, Jordan's face Actually, fell on the floor. you're not wrong about the reality TV stars thing. But I'm yeah. also, I do like Rob Schneider. I think he's kind no, of No, he's really funny, but this funny. is actually his, this is, the animal's his worst movie. Like, he's like a security guard. I can't remember if he's trying to be, if he actually works as a security guard or if he's like a policeman in training. I think but basically, he, I, I, yeah. the the joke of the movie is like the six million dollar man. Like there was an old TV show. Um, David, who's the actor? Six million dollar man. You uh, know, uh, Lee Majors. Yeah, Lee Majors, Fall Guy. Yeah. So the show in that is like they rebuild him, and he's worth that that number of dollars in the rebuild because they make him like a cyborg, right? Um, Bionic Man or something like that. They made Bionic Woman too. That was a spinoff. Man. But I can we're gonna get stuck down a rabbit hole very quickly. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Rob Schneider's character gets into an accident and some random taxidermist slash evil scientist, whatever, in the boonies, like, you know, puts him back together. But instead of robotic or bionic parts, it's freaking like animal, animal parts. parts, hence called the animal. Yeah. The movie's horrible. Uh, Rob Schneider's best movie is probably The Hot Chick. I love body that swapping comedy. Or he's really funny, but he has a bit character in the wrong Missy. Which surprisingly is like a, you know what's really funny? I feel like Adam Sandler doesn't star in his movies that his company puts out if he thinks they're going to suck. And then he sticks his wife in it as like another character or his friends. He'll put like Spade in it or Schneider or the group of them like Spade, Schneider. And um, who played the skating prostitute in Reno 911, David? Oh, Nick uh, somebody? Nick Gordon. Nick Swartzen. So Nick Swartzen's in it. So it's like all Adam Sandler's buddies, like in Grandma's Boy, like every like all the supporting. Do you know this trend, Jordan? Like well, in yeah, all the they're like all in the same. Yeah. Movies. So there'll yeah. be a, the second tier Sandler movies that Sandler's not in himself. All his friends will be in the other movies. But The Wrong Missy is actually really funny. Um, as it turns out, and Rob Schneider's in there as like a shark expert who, of course, has been bitten. His hands been bitten off by a shark. Right? Naturally. <laughs> so. Or is that in 50 First Dates where he like plays the, you, like he's the like, Hawaiian with the one missing eye. eye. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does have a shark bite in that one too. So maybe that's just a theme. Repetitive but. jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, I don't even know how I, I mean, I guess I could have naturally searched this out. Oh, I think I saw it on Facebook. It's either Reddit or Facebook, but it is a Reddit thread. There's actually a Hellraiser themed sex toy meme, right? I don't think the sex, it's like, um, it's a male sex toy. It's in the sucker category. That's what they call it. It's a flashlight. There you go. It's a famous one, but 
somebody photoshopped, you know, Pinhead's little pins, his nails from his head onto the sides of the mouth and just floated that around the internet. And I was thinking like, damn, you know what? Like, I, I would die. I would die like this because I thought about like, think about this. Oh, Jordan doesn't even want to be on camera for this part. She's gonna... <laughs> Not <laughs> true. My cat was held hostage in this room. So. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. Um, we frequently make jokes that her cat Frank is actually the human resource director, and every time we we go into this gray area, we we like think that we have to. It's perfect. Involve so the cat anyway. So. Of the flashlight Hellraiser yeah. mashup, you send yeah. them to Frank at BW Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like I, I sat there and thought for a second. My first initial reaction was just pure joy and laughter because, like, of course, somebody would make a joke about a sex toy in Hellraiser. Why not? Because they do with everything else. And then I was sitting here thinking, like, well, there is actually a market for movie-themed sex toys, and we've talked about it before. Like, there's, like, Avengers. There's, like, a, the Thor's hammer. There's obviously a Hulk one, right? Hmm. Big green. You know, you fill the rest in with your imagination. <laughs> but it would make sense that they could market it, and I think I think people would buy it. I mean, there's a whole, like, actually horror fanatic lifestyle that has – it's more than the horror movies. It's, like, T-shirts and, like, the cosplayers and, like, a whole – like attitude i was like why wouldn't they buy that and then i was thinking it could it wouldn't be pins like it wouldn't really hurt you but then i thought you know there's like a biological imperative to do just that you know what i'm saying david like there's like there's like gender imperatives like oh there's a volcano how hot is it really let's go find out let's stick something in there let's put our arm in there there's a scene in flash gordon where they <laughs> stick their arm in this mysterious thing it's supposed to test like your courage or something and i'm like oh it's the same thing you gotta go you gotta go do this it's like a it's like a primitive built-in caveman or genetic imperative to like oh that needs to be filled i think i'm the guy that i think i can fill it i'm a filler of things <laughs> you know so like i'm like looking at this hellraiser toy going you know what there was a toy like 10 years ago called the french tickler i was like why don't they just put like little fuzzy friendly things on the outside that look like the pins and you could really sell the sex toy there has to be a market for it yeah I'm just saying yeah I mean, Definitely. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, uh, someplace has like uh, marketed uh, Hellraiser S and M, uh, you know, bondage gear or something of that sort. Well, they couldn't license it. Well, who's the studio now? Hulu, which is really Hulu. Disney. So I think Disney would shut them down if they didn't have licensing rights to put his Hellraiser toy out there. Hmm. <laughs> That's really funny to think that Disney actually technically owns Hellraiser now. How funny is that? Uh, that is weird. Uh, uh, in fact, I saw an article that joke like, "Oh, does that mean like uh, Pinhead is a Disney princess now?" Because right. you know, whoa, because it's because it's Miss Pinhead in the new one. It's a yeah. spoiler alert, folks. It's a female Pinhead, but she's not like the first female Cenobite. There's like Cenobites, female Cenobites going all the way back to the first one, uh, and in the sequels, there's other ones. So we might talk about them. I don't know if we'll remember. I wrote them down on my paper, but who knows. So as I said, tonight's movie is Hellraiser 2022. It's on Hulu. It's called Hellraiser on Hulu. <laughs> Hulu it's Hellraiser. <laughs> kind of been a cursed franchise for many, many sequels. But this one happens to be about a young woman who has to confront some supernatural forces behind the puzzle box who have made her brother disappear, and she's trying to solve it. Uh, David, I left this open for you because I didn't want to steal all the good bits about Hellraiser franchise. So, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, people. I... I focus the facts solely on this movie, not so much a history of Hellraiser. Um, uh, what a lazy move. 
Yeah, sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there was a book called The Hellbound Heart written by Clive Barker back in them 80s. They made a couple movies with the original director and writer and then pushed them out for the third one. But uh, original pinhead Doug Bradley's in like seven of them movies. There's about 11 of them now, God. including this soft reboot remake. Yes, so I yeah. give the rankings, but I'll wait till you're done with your little facts, your factoids. <laughs> oh my, oh my, little fact. No. <laughs> uh, so yes, as, it is uh, now because you said you concentrated only on one Hellraiser movie, not all of them. All right. Um, yeah. So this is. Uh, damn, I might be wrong on this. Uh, this is the first Hellraiser movie to not feature Doug Bradley as Pinhead. Um, I'll, um, however, <laughs> it's not true. I yeah. So okay. <laughs> well. Yeah, forget anything I say from this point out is yeah. I guess uh, you know who knows. Um, he disappears our, in like the fifth or all right, sixth so movie. So we can no all agree that uh, he is the most well-known pinhead. All right, so bad on me because I kind of yeah, it's like Kane Hodder and Jason Voorhees from Friday Thirteenth. Like Doug Bradley is like pretty much synonymous with this character. I don't think anybody knows him from any other movies. You know, it's like hmm. yeah, yeah. It's like one um, of those guys showing up in like a you know Saturday matinee of like a. BB show like BBC drama or something you're like wait a minute that dude kills people on a in a summer camp <laughs> you know what I mean like it's one of those type deals uh yeah like you're seeing Freddy pop up and stuff long before actually uh, Nightmare on Elm Street that has nothing to do with murder at all yeah yeah um so actually as uh, I found this was pointed out somewhere this is the last of the big major franchises of the 70s and 80s to get an official reboot. So now Freddy, Jason, Chucky, Michael Myers, Leatherface have all had reboots and this one has two. Um hell even Leprechaun's had a couple reboots I think. Um so I, I don't know if John, I'm sure John noticed this, uh, maybe even Jordan, because I think she watched the original this week. Um, you could actually hear bits of the original score in the new movie, uh, cues from Christopher Young's score of the first two movies are heard throughout this new movie. Uh, I know I picked up on that. Um, if you wanted to be a Cenobite, you'd have to sit in the chair, uh, makeup chair for at least four hours uh, and another 45 at the end of the day to get it taken off. So that's a big commitment in the makeup chair for this movie. Um, this movie seems to have been cursed itself. I'm amazed we're finally seeing a reboot because this has been in uh, the works for about 15 years. Back in 27, or excuse me, 2007, it was announced that the directors of the French horror movie Inside were going to make a reboot then, but nothing came of it. So here we are, what, 15 years later, and now we finally have a new rebooted Hellraiser. So. Wow. Uh, okay. Thanks for the dangerous facts, David. Um, before we get to our favorite bits, we're going to jump over some messages. There's only a few tonight, so you can fast forward or you can listen to what goodies we have for you. What, what, what sites we have to show you is what the Hellraiser movies say. Um, we have such sites to show you. All right. Um, where's my stuff? Good question. Oh, it's on my phone. We should have like, uh, like elevator music play. Every time I make a mistake, it'll just like cue everybody off. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Where are we at? There we go. All right, if you're like me, you're probably guilty of allowing the stress of everyday life to bleed into your home life and maybe even the bedroom. With our busy schedules and the pressure to perform at work, you may have difficulty performing elsewhere, folks. Meet Eddie, the modern ED treatment for the modern man. Eddie is a clinically proven, easy-to-wear device designed to help men of any age strengthen and maintain those erections. It's time to take charge of your sex life. Call 737 
301-601-6111. Speak to a licensed nurse or visit us at eddiebygiddy.com and get the best version of yourself. eddiebygiddy.com or innovation meets ED. Use code binge20 for 20% off. eddiebygiddy.com. Use code binge20, 20% off your bedroom action. Uh, one more message for tonight, folks. We're going to talk about Paramount Plus's free trial. Grab the link in our podcast notes. They're an affiliate. You can get a mountain of entertainment. It's waiting for you on Paramount Plus. Plans start at $4.99 a month. You can cancel any time. Together, starting at $11.99 a month with all the Showtime originals and movies. Get those hit movies, docs, and sports all in one place. It's peak streaming from shows and movies you can catch here to the moments that the world can't stop watching. Stream it all on Paramount Plus. Peak Originals, you can get captivating characters and explore the new worlds like in Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Star Trek Discovery, or the third season of Star Trek Picard, which is on its way out. You got 1883, you got uh, Navy Seal, a bunch of other cool stuff. The Beavis and Butthead, which Dave and I are following like crazy. It's Peak Hollywood, stream those new movies like Significant Other, On the Come Up, and Orphan First Kill, exclusively on Paramount Plus, with more coming soon. Now back to our podcast already in progress with Jordan and her favorite bits from Hellraiser 2022. Hmm. Favorite Cinnabits. Okay. There you go. I liked that. No, I mean, obviously the makeup was super sick for all of them. Um, I Is there like a new, what do they call them? The chatter? The, the chatterer? Yeah, the chatterer. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think- that is I think he goes back to the first movie, actually. He does. Yeah, because yeah. there's... He's, like, in, he's also in, like, eight movies total, eight Hellraisers or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that one just gets me. I don't know why. Maybe because I went to the dentist earlier, like, this last week a couple times. But just, like, mm. the gums just really do it for me. Um, but I was super devastated to find out that she was bamboozled by her junkie boyfriend and that he was really in it. Hmm. Spoiler alert, the whole time and really was the one who like prompted her to do the puzzle box. And that's why she's in this horrible scenario. But I don't I I thought it was uh it was pretty good. So that's a pretty you, good twist, though, right? That the boyfriend screws over the girl, the main girl. Yes. And like, yeah, and- he was hired by the rich dude. Yeah. He plays like a very good villain in this awful, awful, awful Netflix original. And it's called Outer Banks. Like, I know tons of people watched it. It's just so cheesy and hmm. overdone and really, really hmm. bad. But he does play like a good villain in that show, too. So he's perfect for the role. Nice. Um, hmm. Uh, my favorite bits, uh, basically uh, anything in that the house that was like a puzzle box itself. Um, I thought that was an interesting twist that it wasn't just the box yet. I mean, in a sense, you had to solve that house, you know, just to get anywhere. Um, really like that. Um, the I don't know if you call him the main bad guy, but the the guy that was essentially uh, healed. Um, wish I would wrote down the. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, that sounds about right. But uh, yeah, the guy that kind of was healed and got his comeuppance, but um, just the makeup on, I'm, I'm sure there was some CGI uh, sweetening, but like just the the makeup on him healing up, the tendons coming together over his bones. and Oh, I think um, Dave's talking about the tycoon who tries to solve the puzzle, so he sacrifices a bunch of people for like right. 30 years. His mansion turns into a giant version of the puzzle box. Yeah, they don't know yeah. why he's getting healed, David, so maybe he needed to back up. Like, so he's 
He's got a puzzle box piece shoved through his chest, but they, the Cenobites are keeping him alive through magic or whatever, their hell powers. Like twisting his nerve just enough. Yeah, he's they're like his cool. nerve he's endings. Just, so he's always yeah. in pain instead of never experiencing pleasure because that's you, what he had like, you know chased what? the box for. Like, I know you got to suspend your disbelief because it's a horror movie and like nobody's walking around solving puzzle boxes and unleashing demons and, and selling Hellraiser Disney sex toys. But uh, like... <laughs> They, they show the guy. He's got the, the puzzle piece through his torso. He's still alive somehow. Then, like, they cut to... A, he, like, is telling the flashback version of how he got the puzzle piece stuck in him and what he's been doing while rotting in his house for 30 years and crawling through the walls like a creep. It cuts to him sitting naked with the thing through his chest and then back to the suit that he's wearing. And I'm like, wait a minute. How did he ditch the tuxedo to sit there and, like, you know, cry about a situation and like sit in the dark and brood until somebody else plays with the puzzle box. Hmm. Right? Because he takes his he so theoretically he's taking his suit off, sat there in I don't know contemplation, then put his suit back on when his guests arrived. You, you know what I mean? Like it's just like an implausibility. Hmm. And this is what I do with my time. I've watched so many movies that I'm really looking at details. Like how hmm. did he get his fucking suit off? You know what I mean? He's a giant puzzle piece jumped through his chest. Whatever, good tailor. I don't know. Who knows? You know. You know what? There's a minor character in the beginning that works for this dude, and she just knows what's coming. And I think, like, she, she well, she gets her comeuppance later in the movie. That's a cool part. But. Well, then, so, so uh, to go on with that, what are for some of your favorite bits, John? A <laughs> smooth transition we got going. We call him yeah. derailed Dave now. So, yeah. oh, sorry, David. <laughs> what is your favorite part, John? It's an element in this movie that has like a heightened or altered state when somebody becomes a victim to indicate to us that they're being stalked, and the others can't really see it. Um, but I kind of like that. That's like kind of a new deal. I don't remember that in any of the other Hellraisers. But you know who gets it the worst? I like the van sequence where the. They're trapped in a van. They're trying to escape, but the one friend who's the roommate of the of the main character's brother or whatever, she got poked. The puzzle box got her, so she's next in line. The front of the van stretches into forever where the other people are, and the back of the van opens into a hellscape, and they annihilate this girl. And I'm like, oh man, the roommate got it the worst. Like, and she's like the most innocent because like she's like a tag along character. She had no direct plot, and she's she's like the extra friend. I'm like, damn, dude, like she actually didn't. I was like, what sin did she commit besides touching the box and getting cursed? Like, I thought like she didn't really have a hand to play, you know, unless she had a bad opinion of the of the sister as well. Like, who knows? Like the only old horror movie rules that work is like, oh, both the main girl, the boyfriend and the boyfriend's boyfriend, they've all had sex. So they're all it, they're all goners. <laughs> but but, you know, the, the roommate who was like researching things on her cell phone at one point. And then happens to be at the mansion with them at the end. I'm like, oh yeah, like they really screwed her up. And like, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, David. That's it. That's my favorite part. Um, ratings, and then I guess I'll, I'll guess I'll use the ratings to rank the hell, like our official ranking of the Hellraiser franchise that I threw up on Instagram. I'll, I'll, I'll deliver that news in a second. But Jordan can take over again, and we'll talk about uh the movie ratings. Yeah, it was a binge now for me just because, I mean, I did also do the whole like train of Hellraiser 1, 2, and then this one. And so I felt like it did a good job of like 
kind of flashing back to some like scenes or kind of similarities from the first movie. And of course I haven't seen all of them, so I don't know if all of them do that, but I did like that. I liked that there was like this small flashback of like the actual labyrinth of hell when Mm. one of the Cenobites was coming out. I thought they did good with that. And like the makeup's obviously really cool, modern, just fun to look at. Um, So binge now for me, for sure. What about you, Dave? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and say binge now as well. Um, Like it was teetering on a binge later. Um, I really like this movie, but I didn't love this movie. Um, but I, I say it's in good company with at least the first two movies. Um, can't say much after that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you even marginally like the Hellraiser movies, definitely check this one out. So, yeah, binge now. John? I'm I'm worried that people are going to watch this and accept that as Hellraiser. Like, if you Google Hellraiser, it shows you this first, right? Because Google's all about trends and what's hot. And, like, this is the newest one, and it has the same name. But I think, like, this comes with caveats. It would be a binge now only if the person has already sought out the original parts one and two from the 80s and had an understanding of those two movies. Like, I was even worried about Jordan, but she she was crushing it. She did, like, extra credit. She even went to, like, a, a drive-in screening of The Shining. Yep. And also watched Hellraiser 1 and 2. So there you go. Um. Which, by the way, Jordan was like, can you guys guess what movie I'm at? And she showed us a screenshot of just an opening of like Lake, the Lake and Mountain, like right before the cars driving through the windy road to the hotel. Um, I said I had The Shining to get the answer, but I totally cheated. Just like I would cheat the puzzle box in the Hellraiser How did movies. you like, cheat? Did you look it up? I literally Googled the drive-in near your house. And I was like, let's assume <laughs> she's at the closest drive-in because she said she wasn't going to do a lot of traveling in the fall. That she's slowing down her little trips. And so I just was like, like a little detective. I was like, oh, it's called this. Let me look at the driving screen. Does that driving screen look like the driving screen there? Yes, but there's some reason for some reason. And the picture Jordan sent, there's a trailer parked in front of the screen. Let me look how the other cars are laid out in this other picture. And I was like, oh, there's a like 85% chance that this is correct. So I'm just like, let me type this really fast. And then I, I felt a little guilty, Dave, that you hadn't seen the message thread yet. But what are you going to do? Yeah, because this was going on while I was driving. Like, the message was like, hey, message from Binge Watchers uh, group. Mm-hmm. Hey, b- b-, like, just over and over. I, I can't respond. That was <laughs> still real fast detective work there, though, John. And uh, I went and saw the Stanley Hotel in person uh, I... this weekend. So, womp, womp, womp. <laughs> I'm, like, so jealous. Yeah, it's literally 45 minutes from where I live up in Estes Park. So. Yeah, Jordan lives in Colorado, which has, like, the nation's like 50% of the haunted places are there. And also, yeah, the, the exterior locations of the shining are there. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Um, so that's that, I guess she gets total points. Cause we can't shame the movies she's watched. Cause she wouldn't watch a bunch of classics and good oh, yeah. horror movie Driving stuff as well. Drive-in? I'm jealous. Yeah. A plus. <laughs> was that your first time seeing The Shining? or was No, that I've a... seen it before. I've oh, seen okay. it before, for sure. But you He know, was going to dock you binge watchers points right there. He's like, well, like, was it point. your first? <laughs> uh, well, that actually, she just gained a few. Yeah. yeah. No, it, yeah. No, and I love the drive. And uh, my buddy owns it up here. So it's always fun, especially when they're playing some classics. She's, she's ahead of you because you dropped the ball on the Hellraiser franchise delivery earlier. The del- delivery of what the history of all of them yeah yeah during the dangerous facts i was like are you, you know. are you about to drop it for us right now john no no i'm just gonna rank the movies for you and like okay. talk about 
Well, we're also going to talk about our favorite Cenobites. I forgot to tell you guys that, but we'll get to that. Um, so, our official ranking of the Hellraiser movies, or at least from my perspective, I've watched like nine of them. I haven't seen the last two sequels. Whatever. Um, Hellbound Hellraiser 2 is number one for me, followed by the original. Then the third entry is literally the third entry, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. And all three of the originals follow one like long story. So, you know, Kirstie is in like all three of them. If they'd have done his research, he would know that the Kirsty character continues in the Hellraiser comics and becomes a pinhead at one point. Um, fourth in line is actually part five. I like Hellraiser Inferno, which is about a detective who doesn't, spoiler alert, realize he's stuck in hell and is already dealing with the Cenobites the whole time. And then the fourth movie is ranked fifth in my mind, which is Hellraiser Bloodline, which shows you who made the puzzle box, why he made the puzzle box, and his betrayer slash wife slash Cinnabite, Angelique, is like one of the best female Cinnabites. She might be a little better than Miss Pinhead here in the new one. I wrote down my rankings of the female Pinhead. So Angelique, then the one called the female, which is the first female. She, like, there's a very simple with the names, you know? So in one and two, the female is the name of the female Cinnabite. And then uh, and then we get to the female Pinhead. She, like, she's in the top three. Um, but... I want to know your guys' personal favorite Cenobites in the Hellraisers that you've seen. So mine are like, uh, well, obviously Pinhead. But I think J- Julia, who's the stepmom in 1 and 2, is like the scariest character in, in all the Hellraisers. Uh, and she's not a Cenobite, technically, but she causes a lot of bad things to happen. Uh, I like Camerahead from Part 3 and CD from Part 3. Literally, that's a dude with a camera in his head. And he can make things blow up for whatever reason. Uh, through his camera and then there's cd which flings compact discs at people compact disc children were this thing back in the day that uh stored information of either movies or uh sounds we used to listen to music on them and this thing can eject them out of its face um oh butterball one of the original four that's what they call the ones that went through the first three movies um, was he the giant one with the glasses yeah he's mm-hmm. the more he's the obese one who's got these round glasses and i'm like oh I've, i was in hellraiser i didn't even realize made it made me right. laugh so hard i forget if it's in the first or the second but there's a part where he like whips his glasses off and it just was oh i think that's dramatic. part two because he dies in part two yeah maybe yeah yeah laugh. made me laugh i like him some of the yeah, some of the cinnabites have personality and you're like oh it sucks when they die even though they've been torturing and murdering people the whole movie um that's it. There's your ranking. Oh, and I thought Dave, I gave Dave some trivia that he didn't use. Henry Cavill, who's currently Superman, he's in uh, the eighth movie, I think. It's called Hell World. He makes, he's, I don't know who he is in that movie, but supposedly he's sure. in the cast. Seeing as how the main movie of the week was the new Hellraiser, that's what I focused on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it's Halloween season, Dave. There's a history with these Hellraiser movies. You got to mention the franchise on some level. Um, Jordan, you're crushing it. Okay. I watched a lot of movies this week. Oh, I'm yeah. Pooped. Um, Should we talk about the end of the movie? The tycoon became a Cenobite? He went to... Well, he got the... I mean, you just kind of did. It yeah, was... I just... <laughs> just it was... part of the end, folks. Yeah, this is how it looked like. He goes to a place that's called the Transformation Chamber, which isn't named in this one. They don't explain where he goes. And Leviathan is the god of hell. And he... It... it I don't know what it is. It it chooses who gets to be a Cenobite and who just gets to be a victim. Uh, yep. But basically, in this version of the movie, the perfect configuration is what sends him to, you know, 
I mean, because they make hell look like heaven, so they're they're it's like one consciousness, it's like one place. I don't know. Obviously, these movies have their own freaking ideology that they follow. Um, I mean, a lot of people say the metaphors and the originals from Clive Barker were like his warped sense of Catholicism, but obviously, we're not trying to speak religion. We're just talking about there is a religious element to the movies, so deal with it. Obviously, demons are a thing, but I think some people is it this movie or. Yeah, what this movie referred to them as angels at one point, didn't it? Uh, I I've watched the first one and this one, and I want to say they both uh, refer they because they so, there's a line somebody said some people call them angels, right? Like Serena is referring to Roland and about how like this they would come visit him and he like referred to them as angels. Yeah, Creepy. in this movie for sure. Yeah, so if they really aren't demons at all and they are angels, holy crap. Um. Oh, and speaking of somebody else who's afraid of the devil, <laughs> like our friend Mark, who likes to send us comments, uh, who's been tuning in for a couple weeks now. Thanks, Mark. Um, he sent me a message. I'm going to dig it up. You got any more facts you didn't share, Dave? Um, no. Wait, did you tell me your favorite Cenobites yet? Mine was uh, the Chatterer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave didn't really say. <laughs> Uh, well, because uh, uh, I too also like uh, CD Dude and Camerahead. <laughs> Those were the ones that always stick in my head. The I new one, like the CD Gasp, head. was kind of cool. She's the one that like uh, she helps change someone into a Cenobite by like plucking the pearl off another one, and like I don't know. Do you guys? Okay, know I found. What I found about? it. Um, he says, "Yo, John, I'm enjoying the horror theme on the podcast. Exorcisms freak me out." And I've been wondering about that movie, My Best Friend's Exorcism. We covered that last week, folks. Cueing what his comment is talking about, the reference. Uh, he says, I'm definitely more curious after your show, but not sure if I can make the leap to watching it because exorcisms are way too freaky for me. Um, yeah, you will not be I guess. Freaked out by this one. What? <laughs> I said, You will not be freaked out by this one. Uh, yeah, the scariest part reason? is no, no, by the, the exorcism. Best Friend's Exorcism. Yeah. That he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't. No, you that won't scary. be scared by that movie. Yeah. The, the scariest <laughs> well, I, part is like the symptoms of her, like, being taken over by a demon. Well, it's possible he's superstitious about actual exorcisms or something. You know what I mean? Like, if movies like. So I, I make fun of those haunted shows on Discovery all the time, but they're like, oh, we got this video of a ghost bugging us in this jail. And I'm thinking, like, well, what if your videos are cursed like the. What's that movie? Not The Grudge. What's the other one that's in the same category of like the extreme Asian horror? Yeah, The Ring or Ringu. Yeah. Uh, you watch the video and you die or whatever seven days later or something. So like Discovery has all those freaking haunted house shows, right? Like if the video is really haunted, then the little creature could could get you, David. You're watching that, you know, Haunted Bros 7 in, in the, you know, Fort Collins jail, Jordan. And like you just watch it on discovery one day. And then like the ghost comes out of the television because it's a haunted video, right? Sure. There's just some <laughs> like, there's just some like haunted show or something. What is this? Many leaps. Is this too many leaps? <laughs> Are you sorry. afraid of exorcist, David? Am I? Or exorcism? Uh, I mean, demons. I was when I was a kid. Yeah. What was the first time you saw Hellraiser? Um, like age wise, probably like I want to say like 
24, 25. Oh man, the appropriate. I mean, I've seen. Well, I mean, I saw. Well, that's for the first time I've seen the first one. But I, if you're gonna ask me the first time I've seen one in general, I want to say I saw number three. No, that was a joke. I was saying like I thought you inappropriately, you know, watched it when you were like eight or nine. Now I saw maybe number three when I was like ten. Or never mind. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of restrictions in the Rogers household when I was growing up. But except for how late I could stay up, which means I didn't get to watch many of them. No. We also clued into this werewolf special that Marvel put up on Disney Plus called Werewolf by Night, which reminded me of House on Haunted Hill mixed with a little bit of that 80s cheesy horror sleaze and like Waxworks 1 and 2. Um, also, maybe a little bit of like uh, how David was talking about houses transforming and things. There were a lot of traps in these monster killer houses. I guess I don't know. I don't know much about the comic book. I just think like it's based on the Wolfman. Who knows? They did like Tomb of Dracula. They did started doing some horse stuff in Marvel. Like, I don't know, late 70s, 80s or something. Like when Blades showed up in Tomb of Dracula. But I don't know much about Werewolf by Night, except I think he's supposed to be a hero or an anti-hero, but it's a werewolf. So we can we love talking about werewolves. So let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a holiday special. It's a one-off, which is really cool. It's also shorter than an hour, so you can just consume the plot. It features a really popular character from Marvel called Man-Thing, although they nicknamed him Ted, which is just a joke, I guess, a throwaway for this show, because I don't know if his name is actually Ted. But Man-Thing is like a Swamp Thing, or The Heap, which is a classic comic. It's basically a monster composed of swamp elements, but Man-Thing actually hangs out with Spider-Man sometimes in the comics. Uh, I don't know if he's in Werewolf by Night, the comic book series, but anyway... Because I have no point of reference, it's like almost a better way to enjoy Marvel stuff, right? Because there's too many expectations. With like we were talking about Blade in the beginning, so many expectations over here with Johnny. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how you guys feel, but like you know the, the bars here. Uh, Werewolf by Night. I don't know anything about it. So a bunch of monster hunters gather to inherit a magical thing called the Bloodstone, and they got to compete to kill the monster in the in the maze behind the mansion, and it has booby traps and like all this crap, and. Uh, it's clear who the werewolf is. I mean, like, obviously, the main guy, star, Gabriel... Um, Gal Garcil... Garcil... Uh, yeah. Messing it up. Uh, he, he has three names. He's a great actor. Yeah. Anyway, um, from Itumama Tambien, the, the other guy. I almost said Diego Luna, but that's the other dude who's in Star Wars Andor. Mm. You know, who's like a spinoff from... Uh, Rogue One. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, man, Disney's getting a lot of free plugs on this one, (laughs) or grown up Disney, right? Well, I thought it was so cute. He's the voice of Hector and Coco. I'd like noticed his yeah, his voice the whole time. I also a Disney property. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, is it about dogs or cats or something? Coco. Yeah. Oh, Coco. Oh. It's so cute. You have to watch it. I'm gonna cry. It's All adorable. Right. It's, I know. I'm thinking at the very end already. Like, mm. it's so cute. Remember me? Oh my god! I was about to sing it too, Dave. I'm completely <laughs> lost. All right. Watch yeah. Coco. I love it. I love it when like me and me and Jordan can like box John out for something for just a moment. Just a second. Wow. It never wow. happens. Well, at least uh, just not well, for me. But what do you guys think of Werewolf by Night? I liked it. I liked that it was short, Mm. festive. I loved the uh, Ted, I guess is his name. 
so cute. And one thing I did like is the werewolf transformation of like how they had the strobing oh, yeah. shadow of him transforming and she's like cowering in the cage. thought that was pretty cool because I know that that's been a thing that we talked about in our werewolf movies is like how awful a werewolf transformation can make a movie and they like left it to the imagination on that and did a pretty cool job. And they pulled a Land of the Lost move where he's like a furry creature type dude, but he has like a human face, very human face, which is mm. definitely a risk. But they did it in Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox, and it was great. So why not do it in Werewolf by Night? David? Um, Yeah, it was fine. Um, like you know, Jordan said, it's short, so it wasn't a huge time commitment. Um, I was, I was, it was fine. I was entertained for 55 minutes or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess it might binge later. And all the monster hunters are kind of have cool aspects, either physical or they get some, some funny lines, you know, it's like a dude with a battle ax. There's another one that looks a woman that looks like a skeleton, like if Skeletor showed up the batshit crazy mother. Who's like, who's going to inherit this bloodstone. Who's like, her husband is dead, but her husband's like the most famous Aliyah bloodstone or something. And then like the daughter's there trying to inherit the bloodstone. So, it's one of those stories, folks. People gather in a location and have to fight their way out. It's kind of cool. With a werewolf. With a werewolf. I mean, it's in the title and it's in the movie. It delivers. Um, we're coming back next week for some more haunted crap. Uh, and Dave's going to redeem himself from his Hellraiser list. He'll have he'll know everything about next week's movie and then some. What is next week's movie? Good question. I have no no. I almost swore again. I'll keep the swearing <laughs> down to a minimum, folks. Just talk about plot. Uh, Jordan, have you seen either Hellbenders or Drag Me to Hell? Nope, I don't think so. I, Drag Me to mm-hmm. Hell sounds familiar, but... That's also a Sam Raimi, but this is like a bank teller um, offends an old gypsy woman and she curses her with some mm-hmm. goat god, and then like she gets stalked the whole movie and is trying to figure out how she d- avoids getting literally dragged to hell. Okay. Yeah. Sounds um, right up my alley. Hellbender is about a group of priests to prevent the Armageddon. They actually have to screw things up as much as possible. Like it's like they have to counter the scales of balance by committing sins instead of preventing sin. Hmm. It's like one specific order of the church or whatever. Hellbenders. Um, it's kind of cool, but it's like a horror (sighs) comedy, you know. So if you want your really horrific stuff to happen, it's not that scary. I mean, both are actually horror comedies, honestly. Well, Justin, Drag Me Justin to Hell is definitely funny as well. Justin as Long is in Drag Me to Hell, isn't he the boyfriend? Is that who the boyfriend yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, then. Well, originally slated was this cheerleader movie because there's a new cheerleader movie coming out. The Like, Bring It On is actually having a horror entry on Sci-Fi Channel. Like, oh, we'll watch that, and then we'll watch this thing called Cheerleader Camp. Now, I like, I know we're the our hour is up, but, like, there is something to be said, a conversation for like these movies that are getting lost from like VHS to the original DVDs. Like cheerleader camp was like widely available when I was a kid, you could rent it. It's a horror movie. It's got a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. Now it's like nowhere. Dave's like, Oh yeah, somebody stuck it on YouTube. And I'm like, YouTube can't be the only source of videos ever all, all time. Yeah. Like, but, but it's been on there for like eight years. So it's not but going if I, anywhere <laughs> if I started a charity, it would be like, let's preserve or find the films that are lost Oh, you mean like great films like uh, Gone with the Wind or like Philadelphia or 
uh, Wizard of Oz. I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, like cheerleader camp and children of the night. I mean, I mean, like all this sleazy slasher stuff from the 80s and 90s that you know disappeared during the great VHS purge. You know, where the in the video store purge, <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, let's put those in the Library of Congress. Let's give them 4Ks. Done. You know, you joke, but there's going to be a company. There's going to be a cheerleader camp 4K coming out soon. I can, I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get restored. It'll be such an outcry. You know what? You joke. I mean, a, group, a company like Vinegar Syndrome could do it. They put out that kind of stuff all the time hmm. in 4K. <laughs> so you never know. Are we going to watch a cheerleader movie or not? <laughs> <laughs> The suspense is killing me. That's so great. I, I had a one track mind. I love that. She's like, wait a minute. Like, I'm not getting off track. I've been <laughs> I've been holding this fact that the what do we like to do review review came from my actual cheerleader camp. So I've been saying Whoa. it this whole time on the podcast. Cheerleader camp. Oh, wrong thing. <laughs> that would have been a perfect time to play off her comment. And I hit the wrong button. Oh, man. All right, Dave, here's your last chance to be a hero on this episode. Do you have a coin? Wow, he's got a whole bag of things. So I asked for a coin, and he's opened a bag <laughs> of paraphernalia. He might actually have a Hellraiser sex toy in his bag over there. I'm not sure exactly what we're looking at here. All right. I got it from my monkey. Wow. Like, this is literally a monkey. Aww. Oh, he, it actually, I thought it was a bag. No, it's not a brown bag. It's actually a monkey. <laughs> Piggy bank. Monkey All bank. Right. So, what is which? Okay, heads, we watch a bunch of haunted cheerleader slasher movies. Haunted by the fact that they're cheerleaders. No offense to you, Jordan. You said you were a cheerleader in a camp. Okay. I guess I got burned. It's because I dated three cheerleaders when I was a mascot. I got into a fight over one of them. That's a that's a whole that's a book David's writing about my life. That's one of the chapters. We could make it the premise David, of a horror movie. Yeah, David's my authorized biographer. Unless you ask him to only pull facts from one event. Okay, we're flipping the coin. What sorry, yeah, sorry, cheer? David. I got way off track. You should have pulled me, reeled me in. So, like a so, so heads, cheerleader movie. It is a cheerleader time. movie with Tales. rolling heads. Tails is... Um, I'll push up the movies that I thought were going to be the Halloween special. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> we're going to do a special. Oh, well, forget it. <laughs> I'll mention it next week, and then it'll be too late. All right. Um, heads is a cheerleader death movie, and Tails is... Drag me to hell and hellbenders. All right. Oh, wait. And we have to talk about the new Halloween. I forgot. That's the. So, all right. uh, Tell. Yep. Tell. So we are watching, I guess, uh, drag me to hell. Wow. So next week is a triple feature because it's drag me to hell, hellbenders and freaking our valuation of the new Halloween. Halloween ends. that gets dropped on Peacock. Let's do it. Here we go. All right.